Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Welcome to the very first episode of Beyond the Body. I'm your host, Christina Slater. And it feels so good to say that because this podcast is something I've been wanting to start for a very long time. So today we're going to kick things off by talking about fitness journeys. And I want you guys to think back to the start of your fitness journey. What was it that got you started in fitness? Or maybe you're someone who is just starting in fitness Either way, what was it that really inspired you to take that first step? Was there like a moment, a person where you're just fed up with your own shit? Or maybe fitness has just always been a part of your life. We all have very different reasons for embarking on this crazy journey of fitness. And every reason is equally as powerful in its own way. So today I'm going to share with you guys the beginning of my story. The story of a girl unsure of who she was, battling body dysmorphia, overwhelmed with loss, but fueled by discipline and resiliency. And despite running an online fitness company, this isn't actually something I've ever shared publicly. So Today, we're going to go back in time to the beginning of my fitness journey and cover kind of how I got started, why I got started, and what fueled me to work as hard as I did. We are also going to touch the tip of the iceberg on some serious body insecurities that I had and how I incorrectly assumed that getting in amazing shape would somehow fix those parts of me. So... I've been a pretty active person for as long as I can remember. I actually started my fitness journey as a competitive swimmer. I grew up in the Okanagan and my family was always out on the lake, swimming, boating, wakeboarding, tubing, camping, you name it, we were doing it. And I just loved being in the water. So my parents put me in competitive swimming when I was around 10 and I swam until I was about 17. So pretty much all of my childhood and high school years were dedicated to swimming. And I loved it. Like I was obsessed. Those of you who know me, you know how intense I am. And I guarantee you, I was a hundred times more intense as a teenager, but just with a lot less knowledge, like most teenagers. So I actually went to a high school that had a program for elite athletes where you could kind of focus more on your sport. And like, I was a pretty good swimmer, but I was not world-class by any means. I wanted to be, and I worked very hard, but there were people on my team going to Olympic trials and world championships, and like I never even got close to that level. But I honestly credit so much of my discipline and mental strength today to those seven years I spent swimming. Those of you who 
aren't familiar with the actual sport of competitive swimming and probably only watch it when the Olympics are on. Like it is a boring sport to watch unless you have lived it. And if you have, you will know how tenacious it is. We trained 20 to 30 hours per week in the water, plus dryland training, mobility work. It was pretty intense. And in swimming, a second is like an hour. So we would train for months to shave off like 0.5 of a second off of our race times. And if I'm being completely honest, after seven years of doing that, I felt like I was sick of working so hard for such a little improvement. And that's not to take anything away from swimming as a sport or the amount of respect I have for it. I just lost my passion for it. So when I quit, and I'm sure a lot of you will relate to this if you were ever an athlete, but when you leave something like that, that was such a big part of your life and who you are, you feel like you lose part of your identity because you were a swimmer or you were a dancer or whatever your sport was, and now you are nothing. It's a big adjustment. So after I quit swimming, I went to college, and the summer after my first year of college, my dad passed away very unexpectedly, and it was a complete shock to me and my whole family. And to be completely honest, it really fucked me up. My dad and I were really close. I loved him more than anyone in the world. And every single day, I still fight that pain. And that's never going to go away. And I will go into this more in in another episode. But at that point in my life, I was so confused and sad and hurt and lost. I just, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted. If you have ever lost the person that you love the most in the world, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say that everything in your life feels like it just means less after that. Because even in your happiest moments, you know that those times would be that much better if that person was there with you. So I did another year of college in the Okanagan because I just, I didn't really want to leave my mom. My mental and physical health was definitely not ideal, but it, it could have been a lot worse and it did get worse. <laughs> so I, I knew I wanted a bachelor's degree, or at least that's what I told myself I wanted. And I couldn't get that in the college I was in. So I applied for university and I got in for my third year. I moved from the Okanagan to the lower mainland and I was kind of searching for my new passion and my new identity. And I started doing triathlons. I was the vice president of the triathlon club at university and I coached the swimming aspect and I ran the dryland portion, but it just wasn't really something that I enjoyed that much. A lot of past swimmers kind of just like default to triathlons because it's something that we can kind of just pick up and be good at. But honestly, like my heart was not in it. So I stopped doing that and I've been in university for a while at this point And as we all know, like healthy eating habits kind of go out the window in university. (laughs) I was still active, but I ate like shit. I drank a lot. I partied a lot, which kind of ineffectively masked some of the pain I was experiencing. But ultimately, it just made me feel worse. I also hated what I was doing in university, which was political science and economics. I wasn't that great at it. 
and I wasn't in a great place mentally. I was very negative and just kind of continuing down this path of sabotaging myself. I would go for a run around campus and then binge eat like an entire package of Nanaimo bars, like layers and layers of them. I'm talking the big, massive packs you buy from Costco that are for like catered events and weddings. And I would bring it back to my dorm room and put it in my little fridge that I had and eat it all in one sitting. And then I would feel like shit and go drinking and partying the next night and then feel even shittier the next day. So I would stay up all night studying to punish myself for my bad behavior and then basically repeat that cycle. And one day I was actually out for sushi I love sushi and I went to SFU. So there's a lot of really great sushi places around Vancouver. And while I was ordering my food, I saw this contest box where you could enter your name to win a free Gold's Gym membership. And I'd gone to the gym before, but I'd mainly just done cardio and like body weight stuff. But I'd always been intrigued by the idea of lifting weights. So I was like, why not? And I entered it but I didn't win. They ended up calling me a couple of days later though, with the whole free week trial, come out, try the gym promotion. And I said, sure. And I signed up for my one free week. And at this point I had an all right foundation to working out. I was a fairly muscular person just from being so involved in athletics, but I really had no knowledge as to what to do in the weight room. However, I ended up going to the gym every single day for those seven days. I was dead set on taking full advantage of that free week. And despite not really knowing what I was doing, it felt so good to lift some weights. I was like, hell yeah, I feel like myself again. So I joined the gym and I kept going. And when I was working out was the only time I felt like the pain and the anguish in my head would subside. And I started to see changes in my body like I never had before. So I started studying human anatomy and bodybuilding and nutrition. And I switched up my electives in school to physiology and nutrition courses. And I really just started to get addicted to fitness. And it's crazy to think that maybe none of this would have happened if I didn't go for sushi that day, if I didn't put my name in that giveaway box, or if I went to a different sushi bar and I want to think it would have gone this way anyways. I feel like we are all kind of drawn towards our purpose in life. But I mean, who knows where else I could be? So I kept going to the gym and I kind of developed an acquaintanceship with one of the trainers who worked there, who was in competition prep for a bodybuilding show. And I was fascinated at how his body had transformed over the last several weeks Like it literally seemed to change every single day. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I asked my boyfriend at the time if he'd want to go watch a bodybuilding show with me. And he said, sure. So we bought tickets to the 2015 Popeye's Fall Classic. Some of you guys probably know that show. And I remember sitting there in the audience, looking up at the girls on stage in their glamorous, dazzling bikinis and actually thinking I could do that. And I was specifically intrigued by the figure category because I had such big developed lats from swimming. And if you've ever seen swimmers, they all have that V taper look. 
And the girls standing up on stage, honestly, they had half the lats that I did. But I was like in awe of how beautiful and feminine these muscular ladies looked. And the fact that they were being admired for it was so empowering to me because I'd always been a bit self-conscious of being more on the muscular side. I thought I looked masculine because I had a wider upper body than most females. So like in, in pictures and in photos, I would always try to stand like a bit behind someone or something. So I appeared more slender and petite, I guess you could say. Anyways, if I was going to do this bodybuilding thing, I knew I definitely had some areas I needed to improve. At the time, that was my legs and my shoulders. And I've always believed in hiring a mentor to help you achieve your goals. So from there, the next week, I hired a coach and I started training for my first bodybuilding show. I took about five months to kind of focus on building up my weaknesses and then another four months to cut and get stage ready. So during those nine months, I was learning everything I could about fitness. I was documenting everything about my own body and about my own journey and my own nutrition. And when I finally stepped on stage in May 2016, I ended up getting second place. And I was really happy with that for my first show. It qualified me for provincials, which I did compete in in 2017. My second show didn't go as well as my first. But again, that's a a whole nother story. So at this point, after competing in two shows, I was pretty much addicted to fitness and all I wanted to do was learn. I loved bodybuilding because you were literally in control of your results. Your results were a direct reflection of the work you were willing to put in. And the more I learned and the more mindfully I trained, the better my results got. And this was something I never really felt I experienced as a swimmer. In some ways, I finally felt like I had found my identity again through fitness. But I still had a whole lot of deep-rooted problems. Part of the reason I turned to bodybuilding was because it masked some of the insecurities I had with my own body. Like I would get up on stage or be at a photo shoot and see people looking at my body in awe, like literally admiring my body. And it made me feel good. It gave me validation that, hey, people think my body looks nice. But it also made me feel fucked up inside because the dark reality was, in addition to other mental shit I was dealing with, I had insecurities in my body so deeply rooted that I never thought anything would fix them. And honestly, I don't know if these issues will ever be completely gone because they are such a big part of who I am. The body dysmorphia that I struggled with every day affected my confidence, the way I would look at myself, the way I would think about myself. It affected every single one of my relationships, especially my intimate relationships, because I hated parts of my body for reasons that felt completely out of my control. And I'm not talking about like, oh, my butt's not round enough or my stomach's not flat enough. Like there were parts of me that I was so disgusted with that I would throw up. And again, I don't mean purge because I ate too much and I didn't want to gain weight. I mean, literally throw up out of disgust towards myself. 
but I was so insecure that I never told anyone this. Not my family, not my best friend, not my boyfriend, who's now my ex. No one. Like at this point, no one knew I was struggling with this. And I know this is probably hard for some of you guys to believe because you look at me and you see a tiny fit blonde girl and you think, yeah, right, she's ever struggled with body image. But honestly, we never know what someone is going through or what someone is struggling with on the inside. And that's a big reason why I wanted to start this podcast to not only share my experiences to help inspire women, but to spread awareness that there is so much more to fitness, to life, and to people than just what you see on the surface. So that's it. That's all for this episode. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the beginning of Cut and Conquer Fitness. And we will be circling back to a lot of what we touched on today in future episodes to go more in depth on body image, body dysmorphia, and how it really affects your self-worth. If you like this episode, please take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me at Nyfina. If you know me, you will know how excited I am to have this podcast officially launched and your support really means the world to me. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.